Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, boy, am I excited to introduce a podcast on the lovely ladies who have made history. We will not only cover their lives as celebrities, but how they came about. Please make yourself comfortable and relaxed for this episode of Her Story with Jillian Lloyd, Vanessa Manzo, and Sophie Haynes. For this episode of Her Story, we are focusing on Marilyn Monroe, where she started and how she became the icon we all know her as now, starting with her childhood. Welcome into the world of Marilyn Monroe, an iconic woman in history who is known for her very successful career in Hollywood and for the glitz and glamorous lifestyle she lived. However, this was not the case for her growing up. Before Marilyn Monroe, there was Norma Jean Baker, and this is her story. Norma Jean Baker was born on June 1, 1926 in Los Angeles, California, to Gladys Baker. Two weeks after giving birth to Norma, Gladys makes a decision to place her daughter into an orphanage due to her mental health. She was institutionalized and diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. Gladys still continued to frequently visit Norma throughout her time spent in orphanages and foster homes. Norma's psychiatrist labeled her as a waif and a woman who is deprived of her childhood. A waif is known as an animal or child without a home or enough food and care. She had, you know, mental disturbances. And she was taken away. I called every woman I would see. I'd say, oh, there's a mama. And if I see a man, I'd say, there's a daddy. One morning I was having a bath, actually. And uh, I referred to the woman as mama. And she said, I'm not your mother. Don't call me mother anymore. Call me... And so-and-so. One comes here with red hair. She's your mother. Norma's father was never in the picture. However, there are many rumors surrounding who people think could be her father, yet no one truly knows. One rumor is that Norma's father is Charles Stanley Gifford, a co-worker of Gladys Baker, who she had an affair with. Gladys's close friend, Grace Goddard, became Norma's guardian up until she was 16 years old before they had to move to West Virginia. Seldom alone, Norma Jean lived in a floating world of transitory relationships. Thirteen foster brothers and sisters came and went. Grown-ups appeared, disappeared. It was hard to know what was real, what to trust, even parents. In order to avoid being placed in another foster home, Grace arranged for Norma to marry her 21-year-old neighbor, Jim Doherty. I was 15 turning 16. When marriage took place, I was just turned 16. Uh, Grace arranged it. She and her husband were going to West Virginia, and they were going to put me in a, a home, or, you know, like I'd been before, or 
I could marry this boy who was 21. So I married. After they married, Jim was drafted into the army to fight in World War II, while Norma stayed behind to work in a factory. When she was 18 years old, an army photographer crossed paths with Norma while she was working and realized she had real potential. She decided to start her modeling career, dye her red-brown hair platinum blonde, filed for divorce in 1946, and started her very successful career in Hollywood. Despite her troubled upbringing, Marilyn decided to live her life to the fullest, but still talked about her past. It was not something she was ashamed of, and was very open in talking about her mother, trying to find her father, and everything else in her childhood that started the glamorous life of Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn's early career. Marilyn is known as a sex symbol and iconic actress. Though her career was not a long process, but an instant success, she went from an orphan, to a factory worker, to a model, then finally an actress. Marilyn started with modeling at 18. Before she made it on the big screen, she found success through modeling in 1944. During World War II, Monroe was working in a factory where she met a photographer who was sent to the factory to shoot morale-boosting pictures of female workers. He thought she had the right look for modeling, leading her to the Blue Book Modeling Agency, where she became a successful pinup model. Her career in modeling took off in 1945 when her husband, of which she married at the age of 16, gave her the ultimatum to either quit modeling or divorce him, and I'm sure you know what choice she made. She went from modeling to acting, and in 1946 signed a contract with 20th Century Fox on August 26. She then made her debut on screen in 1947 and continued to grow as an actress and changed her look from brunette to her iconic blonde hair. In 1952, she was featured on the cover of Life magazine. Her big break was in 1953 when she was 26 in three hit films including one of her best well-known films, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. She had her first TV appearance that same year to advertise her next movie, How to Marry a Millionaire. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Marilyn, um, this is your first, first appearance in television, isn't it? Yes, it is, Jack. Well, I'm quite flattered that you made your first appearance on my show. Thank I really you. am. Just wonderful to have you. Uh, is, uh, have you a picture that's coming out pretty soon, a new picture? I mean, we've seen Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Another one, new one? Yes, it's called How to Marry a Millionaire. It's also in Cinemascope. Oh, it is. In Cinemascope, too. Yes. You know, I, um, I made a picture once. Um, <laughs> the uh, horn blows at midnight. And I believe if that had been made in Cinemascope, it would have been a huge success. Well, you know, Cinemascope is very complicated. Mm -hmm. In order to put the big screen in all the theaters, they have to take out a lot of seats. Mm -hmm. Well, in my picture, they could have taken out all of the seats. Jack, I don't know why you're always panning the horn blows at midnight. I saw it. You did? Yes. And you don't know why I'm panning it? Did you like it? No. <laughs> well, thanks ever so. So long. Goodbye, Marilyn.
Once Jack Benny had her on live TV, she grew her audience even further with her natural charisma and wit. Marilyn could be seen everywhere from magazines to billboards, ads to the big screen. She was married a second time to, to Joe DiMaggio after two years of dating. The wedding took place on January 14, 1954. Married in a small ceremony in San Francisco City Hall, Monroe filed for divorce the same year. Had a very difficult time building. He was a wonderful athlete, and he could hit a baseball. Anything thrown in his direction, he can, he could hit. So uh, he understood uh, some things about me, and I understood some things about him, and we based our marriage on it. And I say something. Well, I don't want to say that. I just say we understood some things about each other. He has a very sensitive nature in many respects. You know, one thinks of an athlete as being, I don't know, not having that, but they do. Um, our marriage wasn't a happy one. It ended in uh, nine months. Unfortunately, I don't know what Monroe worked hard in her career. Her first award was at 25 with a Golden Globe. She later went on to win three total and four nominations, all before she was 30. She was even featured in the 1951's Oscars. Uh, if you follow the sport pages, uh, you may have noticed a recent picture of Miss Marilyn Monroe taken with the Pittsburgh Pirate baseball team. A Louisville sports editor summed it up when he said, it's the best the Pirates have looked since before they blew the 1927 World Series. <laughs> to present the award for sound recording, Miss Marilyn Monroe. Because it is such a highly cooperative enterprise, this award is not given to an individual. It goes to a sound recording department. Those nominated are All About Eve, 20th Century Fox, Cinderella, Walt Disney Productions, RKO Radio, Louisa, Universal International, our very own Samuel Goldwyn Productions, RKO Radio, and Trio, J. Arthur Rank, Sydney Box, Paramount British. The envelope, please. The winner, Olivari. The sound department of 20th Century Fox has previously won three awards for sound recording. Wilson in 1944, Snake Pit in 1948, and 12 O'Clock High in 1949. And that is all from her early career. Next is Jillian Lloyd with her 30s. Pop culture icon from the 1950s, Marilyn Monroe made her mark in Hollywood that would not be typically known today. 
Monroe's peak of her career took place in her early 30s. She was most well-known for being the full-fledged sex symbol of the 1950s through the 1960s in the sexual revolution. Monroe was one of the first women in this industry to start her own production company in the 1950s and revolutionized the movie industry for women. She also was the first woman to get script and director approval in her films and was an early civil rights activist. Marilyn starred in a total of 23 movies, which ended up raking in a gross amount of over $200 million for the industry. Monroe broke the typical mold of actresses during her career and challenged the authoritarian structure of Hollywood studios. Marilyn made sure to be remembered as an outspoken advocate for equality and talent in the industry. Over time, Marilyn grew sick, often with anemia, bronchitis, and many viral infections whilst filming her movies. She mentioned in an interview with Life magazine how an actress isn't a machine, but they sure treat you like one. This is one of the many examples of how actresses in the 1950s were treated in the movie industry. Uh, who's helped you most in your movie career, Marilyn? Well, a number, number of people have contributed greatly. Um, I think when John Houston wanted me for the part in Asphalt Jungle, and I think when Billy Wilder wanted me for the part in Seven Year Itch, I think that was very important. Also, working with my coach, Natasha Lightev, she's helped me very much from the very beginning. And I also got a great deal from attending classes with Michael Chekhov. Who's helped you most in your movie career, Marilyn? Asks interviewer Edward R. Murrow, titled Person to Person in 1955. Marilyn starred in her last film, The Misfits, in 1961 when working with director John Huston and always enjoyed her time working on the asphalt jungle as well. Some of her well-known films she starred in were The Seven-Year Itch in 1955, which is well known as the first time director Billy Wilder worked with Marilyn. This film was where Marilyn's most infamous moment in her career took place where she stops at the top of a staircase in her infamous cream white dress and lets it billow around her with a naive expression on her face. Another film Monroe starred in was The Prince and the Showgirl in 1957. This film is where Monroe was deemed a tangible icon with a flesh impact and her presence in the film made viewers feel as if her flesh was tangible and desirable. It was almost impossible not to fall in love with her. Other films that she was in were Bus Stop in 1956, Some Like It Hot in 1959, and Let's Make Love in 1960. Monroe unfortunately died at the early age of 36 in 1962, just a day after one of her many interviews 
This one in particular was with Lawrence Schiller, specifically to discuss the possibility of Playboy publishing nude photos of her for the film Something's Got to Give. The time right before her death, Marilyn was working on filming the comedy Something's Got to Give, where she was consistently absent from the set on multiple occasions due to illness. Monroe was soon fired from the filming of the film Something's Got to Give because of her many absences, and later rehired, but filming never resumed to normal. After several months of Monroe being a virtual recluse, she overdosed. Her cause of death was ruled a suicide by an overdose of sleeping pills in her Los Angeles home by Los Angeles police. Although Marilyn's death was ruled by a suicide, by Los Angeles police in 1962, conspiracy theorists believe her death was caused by only a few things. Number one, theorists believe that her death was a murder specifically because she knew too much about the Kennedys. Monroe was linked to the Kennedy family in rumors that had said she was sleeping with Robert Kennedy. Theories had spiked saying that not only was she murdered by Robert Kennedy for knowing too much, about the Kennedy family, but her murder was staged to look like a suicide. This is all said to have happened because Robert Kennedy claimed he had broken off the affair and Marilyn threatened to go public with it. Another theory that has arisen is that she was killed by the Mafia to in fact hurt the Kennedys. According to theorists, it was said that she was murdered to in fact threaten Robert Kennedy to back off of his crusade against the mob. The last theory is that her suicide was accidental and in fact was caused by her doctors misprescribing her the right medication amount because Monroe lied about the amount of medication she had been prescribed before and it was said that her housekeeper helped stage her death for the doctors. During the filming time of Something's Got to Give, Monroe traveled to sing President John F. Kennedy Happy Birthday, which is very well known around the world. Perhaps there has been no one female who meant so much, who has done more. Mr. President, the late Marilyn Monroe. That is all for this episode of Her Story. 
Like many female icons, Monroe fought for equality and respect in the world of Hollywood. She became a role model for so many, and she was fondly adored and loved. I hope you enjoyed this episode and continue to learn more on women's history. Well, folks, that's all we've got for you today. We sure hope you enjoyed it and that you'll come to visit us again for another episode of Her Story with your hosts, Jillian Lloyd, Vanessa Manzo, and Sophie Haynes. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Her Story. Special thank you to everyone who helped the prediction of Her Story. Jillian Lloyd for the logo creation. Sophie Haynes for video editing and the video music. The incredible intro and outro voice done by Dr. Dan Van Campford. Vanessa Monzo for Maryland's childhood segment. Sophie Haynes for Maryland's 20s through 30s segment. And Jillian Lloyd for Maryland's 30s to 36 segment. And a special thank you to our mass communications professor at Piedmont University, Joe Dennis, for inspiring this podcast episode and helping grow our skills in the podcast world.